This is Harriet Kimmick, the whole stuff down to earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, I want to talk with you about how I got delivered. And it's a simple story. It's just a simple message taken from the scriptures. And we're talking about Psalms 18, Psalm 18 in the New King James Version of the Bible. And we're going to talk about how I got delivered. For so many of us, this is pervasive throughout the world today. Just a few days ago, I got notified on Facebook, via Facebook, that Christians in other parts of the world, especially in Pakistan, are being persecuted to the extent where their buildings are being burned, their homes destroyed, and they themselves are getting killed. So all of us are under some form of persecution right here at home, here in the United States, the persecution may not be extreme like that. It's not you getting your house burned. It's not you getting your buildings burned or, you know, losing your life. But it feels like it, doesn't it? It feels like we're under a yoke. It's like there's a heavy yoke of bondage that has just been unleashed on all of us, whether you're Christian or not, and we can't seem to get around it. Ask anyone my age, I'm 56, so I'm considered a Gen X, right? Generation X. Ask any one of us who have children who are either millennials or Gen Z. Those children are either living with us, having graduated college. Just talk to any millennial or anyone in Gen Z. They have no hope for the future. They don't think this will ever turn around based on the climate that we're in, the social climate, the cultural climate, the political climate. All these factors have composted together and created this yoke that is on us. The kids went to school. They took out loans to go to school. Some of us even mortgaged our homes first and second to send our children to school. And now the kids are out of school and they can't get a job to pay those loans back. They can't get a job to even help themselves. Some of them are getting married and they can't start a family or they can't go buy a house. They're earning something, but the inflation has eaten it out. I don't care what the economists say. Between me and you, come on now. We've all gone to the stores since 2020. Since 2020, come on. We are paying 50 times more for what we used to pay. How do I know? Because I shop. So what used to cost me $2.99 is costing me $5.99 and $6.99. That's 50% increase. That's not 10% or 0.8% or 13% increase. That's a lie. Everything has gone up. So now I just look at gas. It was $2.99. It's now almost it's $4.59 for premium. And I drive an SUV. And I live in Michigan, so I need what? I need an SUV because you have icy roads that they never attend to. You have snow-covered roads that you must have a bigger vehicle in order to do that. You have people, for instance, in the, who left their jobs in Silicon Valley because we could work from home. Remember those tech jobs? Yeah. And they have moved to other parts of the country because we, the parents, are getting the calls and those jobs have disappeared. You either have to be yanked back into the office. So how are you going to be yanked back into the office in California and you're in Austin and you bought a house and they told you in 2020 you could live anywhere you wanted to live? Do you see what I mean? So now people are losing jobs and the places where they live don't have those jobs. Kids went to school and took out STEM degrees because we were told that what STEM is the wave of the future. And now they have nothing. I'm just outlining to you what is going on. Let us not even talk about our parents who are on Medicare. 
where prescription prescription drugs cost almost as much as what their little social security checks give. And they still have a mortgage. They still have to pay utilities. And out of that, they have to buy prescription drugs. And according to public policy, they don't qualify for food assistance based on income. Because now public policy initiatives are like, no one needs it. So what is the Department of Agriculture doing for the citizens of of the United States? That's the question I want to know. What purpose do you serve? You look at farmers who say, enough, I don't want to plant any more crops. So they're planting cannabis. So in two years, where's the food going to come from? You look around at the politicians who seem to be in league and in bed with corporations instead of helping the people. So now all of us are yoked up. So the generations after us, Generation Millennial, and Generation Z are just like, I give up. They're like, there's no hope. We're just going through. There's no hope for any for us ever buying a house. When you die, mom, we'll take your house over. So if you have four children, I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to split in four, right? I'm laughing to make it feel better. And then you have people who are working forever and a day and can't seem to make it. Some of us have working and you live in an apartment and you can't seem to save enough to buy a house. Because they keep moving the goalposts. 25 years ago, we could buy a house because the rate to finance a house was like 0.2%. I mean, like when it went up to 2.4%, I think we were going to have a fit. But now, what is the rate to finance a mortgage? Do you see where I'm coming from? So with all of these things, I am sitting here and talking about it because I want you to know that I am in it as much as you are. I have to figure out every day how I'm going to eat, how I'm going to pay my cell phone bill, how I'm going to keep all these lights on, how I'm going to pay all of this, while at the same time worrying about the outcome for myself and my children, even though they're grown. The whole point is they went to college and they're grown, so you don't have to worry about their everyday needs anymore. I'm breaking out in in hot flashes just thinking about it. And there are some parts of the population for whom this is not a reality. But for most of us, it is. And if it hasn't happened to you yet, I guarantee you it's slowly going to come. Here's why. Depending on how many layers of protection that you have, you start noticing that you're dipping into your savings or what you thought was your retirement fund to help pay a bill or to subsidize some kind of purchase you want to make, that's how you start knowing that it is coming to you next. When you have to sit back and make a considered choice between going on vacation or putting aside some money, that's when you know it has hit you. So you might be saying, oh, it's not, what is she talking about? That's not happening to me. When your child who graduated law school and graduated medical school has to come to you to help pay for a bill, that's when it has come to your door. When you have to make a concerted decision that the company says they're no longer going to need you and you have to sit down and think, I, should I take the buyout? Should I take it now? Or what do I do? That's when it has come to your door. What happens is the people decided that they don't care about anybody else. All they care about were profits. So they increase the cost of the services and the goods that we need for everyday living. Those increased costs are adding up over time. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
it didn't just hit those of us who work. It also hit those of us who own businesses. So the same people who thought it would never get to their door, it's happening to them too because now it's costing them more in terms of the acquisition and acquiring of raw materials. So their materials are sitting in their warehouses and they were thinking that, well, a bottle of lotion was costing $2.99. That's too cheap. If we sell it for $5, I would make double the cost. So they increased the cost of the bottle of lotion. Guess what? Instead of selling 12 bottles of lotion for $2.99, they're now selling, what, two bottles of lotion for $5. So now all that raw materials is piled up in their warehouses and they're not making money. Are they going to backtrack? Well, that's what we want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about it from the scriptures to ask God if he's listening, if he's watching, is there any way that he can intervene on our behalf? Is there any way in which he can lift the heavy burden? Because I know some of my colleagues, you know, who are in ministry, they're doing well because they have had years of acquiring money. They have had big donations of millions of dollars that kind of pad them in. I guarantee you those are going to be absorbed in operating costs if you don't trim your operations. And you don't want to do it because you have people whom you know as the leader look up to you so you have to walk it out and walk by faith. This explains the furrows in our brows. This explains the concern looks on our faces while we are smiling stiltedly. So the question this morning is how I got delivered. And so we're searching for an answer. So I don't have anywhere else to go. I can't go to the economists because they're predicting that it's going to get worse. They're predicting that we might end up in a world war. They're predicting we might end up in a revolution. They're predicting all kinds of things because the economics, all of this is economics. That's all it is. We are under a yoke of high interest rates that is crippling us all of us. You can't get credit on your credit cards. You owe more on your credit cards. There's less space on your credit cards. And now you can't buy anything. You're not earning enough. So the credit card can't subsidize the income. You have your mortgage to pay, this to pay. You have cars that need maintenance. You have to change them out. The interest rate to get. Have you tried getting a new car recently? So once upon a time when we were coming up to get a car note for 350 was like, that is extracting a tooth. That must be a Mercedes. Today, a regular car note is over $600 because the interest rate is so high. When you think about that, how are people going to live? So I had to search the scriptures to find out exactly where this is going to go and ask God if he can intervene at this moment. So I'm asking you, this is a concerted effort. I'm asking you to give us, to all of us, to join in as we mouth this song, this poem, asking God for deliverance. It's found in Psalms 18, and I'm 56 years old, so I have to use readers to, even though it's large print edition. So I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And for those of you who are listening to us via podcast, you will be able to find a version of this message, the televised version on YouTube or on various channels around the country. Thank you so very much. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles too. If you have the Bible app, Psalms 18 of the New King James Version of the Bible. And Psalms 18 reads like this. 
it says we are begging God for help. So it's like going to your parent. When I needed something from my parent, I used to go to her and I would tell her how much I love her, how nice she is, how great she is. I kid you not to get her to listen to what I had to say. And then after I extolled her virtues, then I would make my petition. And then if she deemed it ready and fit, that's something she could do. She would uh, pat me on the hand or on the knee and she would say, okay, I'll see what I can do. That was the best answer because you know what that means? Guaranteed. Okay. Okay. So we're going to God this morning and we're asking him for his help. And it reads like this in Psalms 18. It starts like this. It says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. So remember, we have to go to God and ask him for help. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. We need somewhere strong to hold on to. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies of inflation and high mortgage payments and high car notes and high food costs. The pangs of death surrounded me. Sometimes people are going to bed hungry. Because they can't eat as much as they want because they have to save food for the next day. Come on now. And the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. Yeah, we see all these uh, rich people, these billionaires, they're pontificating and posturing because they have they can buy uh, expensive uh, boats that can sail the seas, but the people not getting paid, so we're all suffering. The sorrows of Shoal surrounded me. Shoal is hell. Aren't the sorrows of Shoal surrounding us right now? People crying out for help. People can't have to choose senior citizens who worked, have to choose between buying their prescription and buying food. Senior citizens have to go to the grocery store and buy stuff in a can that invariably has high salt content. So it's not healthy for them. So our bodies are not getting neutrified. That we have to make a choice between buying a steak in America. Choose between buying a steak and buying something in a can to eat. The snares of death confronted me. Let's not even talk about that. People can't even bury their relatives now because a typical funeral costs eight to $10,000. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that he heard my voice because this is written in the past tense. He heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. So we are begging God and entreating him to hear our cries from his temple. Then the earth shook and trembled. That's how we're going to know when God hears us. The foundations of the hill also quaked and were shaken because here's why he was angry. God is angry at what the people are suffering when it doesn't have to be like this. Smoke went up from his nostrils. That war in the Ukraine didn't have to happen. That's happened because of somebody's ego. And now people on that side of the world in Africa are suffering because there's a blockade and grain and oil can't get to them for them to be fed. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. This is how God going to answer. He's going to stir some stuff up and change it up. Whatever it's going to have to do, whatever, we, you just read it right there. All the heavens, whatever is going to have to happen 
for us to get over this and get through this. That's what God is going to do. If he has to stir it all up, if he has to change it up, sometimes change has to come from the ground up. We, it's not always good to have change that you just put a band-aid over it. This is not the time for that. If the change has to come where things have to change for the people to experience this change, then God is going to do it. The Bible says he rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. So you're going to see some funny things happening in creation for a bit. Fret not yourself and let not your heart be troubled because God is going to do it. Because this is the only way to get their attention. If he doesn't shake the heavens and shake the earth and make them look up onto the sky and all the climatologists and scientists can't explain why this is happening... This is the only way he's going to get them to say, hmm, maybe I shouldn't send up so many emissions. Maybe I shouldn't be doing some of, some of that. His thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. That's what we're going to see. Hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe and he vanquished them. So it continues. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the last at the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from above. This is our deliverance. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy of poverty and high inflation. Yeah, and lack of and homelessness. So many people are homeless, houseless. So many people have to take over houses, but the houses are sitting abandoned that the banks foreclosed on. For from those who hated me, the people who own corporations who seem to hate the rest of us, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Father, in the name of Jesus, let me decrease so that you might increase. I pray right now that these words, as they go out, that they change the atmosphere, that they change the hearts of the people who make the decisions that impact our lives, that they change the hearts of the politicians and those in public service, those who are writing public policy, the corporations, oh God, who have put us under a yoke of bondage, that they change the minds of Putin to end this wicked war in Ukraine so the people in East Africa and North Africa and the people in that part of the world can get grain so people can get water. Jesus, do it for us now. In Jesus' name, thunder through the heavens. Shake creation up so that the people can know that they must look up so that the corporations know that you are God. You own the earth. Shake it up, oh God, so that they can relent and draw back on the wicked increases and the inflationary costs so that people can live. Shake it up, Jesus, so people don't have to make a choice between medication and food. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you answer this prayer. We ask that you come on down now, O God, dwell among your people. Look down and let the smoke from your nostrils come down upon us. Let the smoke from your nostrils come and light the path in front of us. Give us the vision this week so we know what we must do. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I only have a few minutes. I have less than five minutes to wrap this up. But I want to tell you that this is how we're going to get delivered. Now, I don't know. I'm not God. 
But I can't tell you specifically how this is going to happen. I can't read it to you line by line and utter it word by word. But I can tell you one thing, that if this scripture that I just read in Psalms number 18 is true, this was King David writing about how he got delivered. And if this is true, because this is the eternal word that just lasts, I am not disrespecting what some of you might be Muslim and you read the Quran and the writings of the Quran and you have read the writings of Muhammad and those stand the test of time. In fact, they're your guide. Yeah. Some of you are Shinto worshipers. So you worship the ancient writings of your ancestors. Some of you are Hindu. Some of you are Buddhist and you worship the ancient writings of your ancestors. I have no problem with you. That is your revelation. That is what you believe. But as for me and what I believe, these are the ancient writings of the people who went before me. These are the ancient writings of my ancestors who listened, read these words and had no choice in the face of loss, in the face of catastrophic situations, believe. So I have no choice in the face of what is my catastrophe right now, but to believe that these words are true and faithful. We read last week in Revelation chapter 21, where the Lord said, where God told John the Revelator that he was going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. Did we not read that? Mm -hmm. And it says in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 5, that God will wipe away all the tears from our eyes and there will be no more sorrow. Yep. Okay. Well, here we are. This is Psalms 18. This is what God is saying. He's saying, I am going to, in order to deliver my people, in order to get my people to be delivered, because I tried, I tried talking to them. I tried showing them signs and symptoms. I tried to get them to see God is saying, in order to deliver my people, I'm going to have to thunder from heaven. I'm going to have to shake the heavens. I'm going to have to, because they're not convinced. We read some time ago in Jeremiah chapter 5, remember that one? Where God said, I even tried talking to them. I tried to show them, I tried to discipline them so they would know that you can't treat the people like that. This is how we're going to get delivered. God going to come through. But first, he's going to have to, this yoke that we are under, this economic yoke that is crippling us, cutting off our ear supply, cutting off our ability to think, cutting off our ability to plan. Here is what it is further doing, cutting off our hope. You walk into messages and listen to messages like this every day and you're like, yeah, they're telling me to manifest and they're telling me that I should go jump this high and jump this high. It's like how they're telling us all to, to lose weight. Yeah, they're telling you that, right? And you're to do this exercise and do this and you do all of that and you're not because we're stressed to the max and our the cortisol hormones are not responding. Added to that, they pump the food up with stuff in the food. Now you understand why we're not losing weight. We are retaining water and can't lose weight. So when you get to a stage, you have to go do surgery to take it out. Such is the yoke that we are under. Come on. None of us, very few of us are brave enough to talk about it because you are going to lose corporate sponsorship. But the fact of the matter is that we are under a yoke. And the only way out of this yoke is God. 
The only way we're going to get out of this is God. We're going to have to do what people did thousands of years ago. Gather together, come together and go to God collectively and beg him to literally rain manna down from heaven. We're going to have to ask God. And this is what God is answering. He said, here's how I'm going to do it. You ready? He says, I'm going to have to shake the heavens. I'm go- So we're going to see times when you think we have seen catastrophic weather. No, we haven't seen it. But this time, I don't want it to come to the people who have to go through insurance companies and then the insurance company doesn't give you enough to replace your house. So you have to start all over again from scratch. Now, this time I want to go after the corporations. I want to go after the people who have the money, the ones who sit on the 27th floor, the ones who sit on the 90th floor, the ones who get paid and have a golden parachute even when they have made the worst decision for the company. I want those are the ones whom God needs to shake up and those are the ones he's going to go after. That is what it's going to have to take for how I got delivered. I am going to get delivered and you are going to get delivered because God is going to do it. And he's going to show us who are strong enemies. Because let's face it, inflation is our strong enemy. Political unrest is our strong enemy. And if the economic climate is bad, what does it lead to? Political uncertainty. If it leads to political uncertainty, it's political instability. This is not an American problem. This is a worldwide problem. It's everywhere, all at the same time. So how are we going to get through again? One more time. We're going to get through by God coming through, riding in on a cherub. It's going to look like it. Because he's going to shake the heavens. He's going to confound the weather. Until they look up and realize that must be God. And maybe that's the only thing that will shake them up enough to realize that if I continue to put the people under a yoke, then that is how they're going to be. Then maybe God has come and I've lost it all. So I have to change my mind. This is what it's going to take. So can we come together? I have one more minute. Can we come together and pray? Let us do that. I'm going to pray. You and I are going to come together and pray that God changes the minds of the people in public policy. Father, in Jesus name, we entreat you this morning that we know you are our deliverer. You are going to deliver us, but to deliver us, oh God, come to our rescue. Shake up the minds of the people in public policy. Shake up those who are doing it. Shake up those who are confounding the system. Make them confounded as you deliver your people, as you heal our bodies, oh God. Deliver us so we don't need medication. Heal our bodies, oh God, from cancers. Dissolve every cancerous cell. Dissolve every situation where there are robes or there are tumors running up and down our bodies. In the name of Jesus, take it out of us. Set our minds at ease to reverse the mental illness and disappear and dissolve the scourge of drugs where people have turned to drugs in order to cope. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.